This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, defeated D lamenting late lapses. United needed a deep breath or two, but they've put fresh air between themselves and Wraith. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie and also in the studio today, are Sleepy George Cran. Hello. Dopey Graham Finn. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Hello, everyone. And joining us remotely this week, because he's got the lurgy, is Crokey Allen Temple. Uh, it's actually somebody else in the house that's got the lurgy at the moment, but... Uh, oh, you had it yeah, too. I'll, I'll take like it. A bit of journalistic licence. Yes, I'd like to see somebody passing the blame. You go far, you go, you go a long way. It wasn't me, it was him. It was the subs. <laughs> yeah, that's an in-joke for those who don't, and I'm not even going to explain it. Anyway, moving on swiftly. George Dundee. Yes. Seem to be losing their way to the top six. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not, not one to be. They're in a great position, they haven't won. No, uh, it's quite bizarre. Um yeah, they, they weren't very good last night, I have to say. We've not said that very often this season. Yes, a friend, uh, a friend who was at the game uh, said he thought it was their worst performance of the season. Didn't you, Bear? <laughs> <laughs> you call me a friend now. <laughs> <laughs> you call me Dobie two minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, aside from the old form games, I think where they, they really struggled in those games. I think, yeah, that's a fair comment because they looked a bit tired after all the games. I think they caught up a wee bit with I saw them. Tony Doherty saying that. I th- it did Six seem games that in 18 way. days. But Samirn were good. I thought they did a, did a job on Dundee and didn't let Dundee play, didn't let Dundee's good players get on the ball and um, deserved their win in the end. Dundee kind of... They, they managed to hold on in the game despite Samirn being the better team um, and had a couple of chances, but in the end, uh, the pressure finally told. I think Trevor Carson could maybe do better with the first goal. Uh, the second goal... So. Second goal, Dodgson tries to play offside and it looked offside at the time uh, in, in person, but I haven't seen the video, it's, it's no one near offside. Um, and then obviously, oh, we haven't even mentioned handball yet, but I guess we'll have to go into that as well. Well, I just then. go into it. Okay. <laughs> go on then. <laughs> well, obviously after the... Hubs, if you want to go off on a tangent, you're going to have to go off on your own. <laughs> well, it's, it's the first thing Tony Docky mentioned post-match was that after um, having the handball given against them on Saturday against Harps when it was uh, 2-1 Dundee, obviously very, very harsh. I think in the rules, it probably is a penalty. It shouldn't, in my view, it shouldn't be a penalty, but the way the rules are at the moment... Uh, Dundee've come out on the wrong side of it and then at 1-0 87 minutes Dundee are pushing for an equaliser Luke McCown hits a shot and it hits a Simran player in the arm I can't, I can't remember which player um, I totally understand the frustration because it hits him in the arm and it's, it's heading towards the goal his arm is just down by his side so I also understand why the, the penalty isn't given because it shouldn't really be a penalty but after you see the one the, the Ashcroft one and the, how harsh that was you, you could totally understand why I, just, I mean years. you maybe know better than me George but they seem to make the decision very quickly the referee never gave a penalty but VAR made a normally VAR if there's a check yeah. you know that when the play stops the referee it will stops for a few seconds it wasn't, it wasn't long, long. It was, they made a very quick decision which I've got to take my heart off to them for because you don't want dragging on and dragging on but it's like they just, you know, completely just went, no, that's definitely not. But the two pe- the, the one against Ashcroft on Saturday and the one that was given and the one last night, is it a case of, the, it's not VAR that's the problem, was it not the ambiguity in the rules? Yeah. Because yeah. I, th- I, I thought when I saw the one on Saturday, was the reason he's given it was given was his hand was in a sort of strange yeah. position. But he's literally only a... F- a few feet away from mm-hmm. the ball mm-hmm. and it's hammered. Yeah. So you've got on the one hand, his hands, his arm wasn't in an unnatural position as much as his hand was sort of, he, he was showing the palm almost. Yeah. And I can see why it, it, the, the officials then go, well, on the one hand, it's a penalty. On the other hand, it's not a penalty. What do we give? Last night, the, ha- the arm is in a natural position 
But particularly, I've always said this in general, we underestimate how quickly professional sportsmen in all sports are able to react. That ball travelled a long way. Mm -hmm. But has the defender gone, well, my arm's by my side, so I'm going to let it hit my arm. He didn't do anything to pull his arm out of the way. Mm. But then you've got, again, you've got the thing where the ball's travelled a long way, so he's seen it coming to hit his hand, so it could be a penalty. But he's, his hand's in a natural position, so it's not a penalty. So what? in fairness for once to... The officials, what do they do? They're sort of stuck in the middle. Yeah, it's ambiguity. And I, 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 that's going to remain the case, Tom. Mm -hmm. uh, it's always going to be like that. And you just hope that, you know, unfortunately, Dundee have come out on the wrong side of yeah. both decisions, which is a wee bit unfortunate, I, I've got to say. But, uh, yeah, I'm with George. I mean, I think you can see why the penalty for Hearts was given. You can see why the one l last night wasn't given. But as I say, it's, in it's the moment, no consolation yeah. to Dundee. I mean, and, and you've got to say it stops the ball. It stops the ball. Yeah. Uh, I've got to say, I think Shanklin's. Have you, have you gone turn into the Hearts game? I don't think Shanklin's shot has beaten Trevor Carson. It uh -huh. didn't get really that much on it. But that one last night, that was moving at a fair pace. Yeah. That could have ended up in the back of the net with three minutes to go and giving Dundee a point in that game. And is it, it's always been an unwritten law that even if it's ball to hand, mm. if it stops it going in the yeah. net, in the referee's opinion, he'll almost always give a penalty, won't he? No, I think yeah. there's a case for that, but um, that's obviously not the way they've looked at it last night, certainly. And it doesn't take away from the fact that St Martin were the deserved yeah. winners, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, I mean, uh, George is right. It was a, you know, I, I spoke, we spoke off air about this, but it was a long, long night for Dundee <laughs> and, their, and their fans. You know, you get you get to the stadium and, and discover that the, the kickoff has been delayed half an hour on a bitterly, bitterly cold. It was freezing. Yeah. Well, this is the th explain. You two got there. All yeah. the, all the cause you, <laughs> yeah. you mean all the fans were in the stadium. Yeah. What think, route did Dundee take yeah, that the Lions to get? Were they just unlucky? They've obviously been for the pre-match, yeah. I think, and uh, they, got, they got caught up in it. And the, I think what's happened is they've arrived at the stadium, but it's not given them too much time for to prepare. And to be fair, I don't know who makes the call. So Merlin must, the referee they, must make. They, Tony, they, they, they discussed it between them. Yeah, the, Tony Docherty, which, which Stephen play. Robinson, yeah. who fair play to him, yeah. said, "I look." come here and have a proper warm-up. Yeah, no, it's very good on Yeah, no, absolutely. So it, it's only, only right, but it was a long, long night. I mean, and George is right. I've got to say, I mean, I can't remember exactly, but it has to be one of Dundee's, if not the poorest performance mm -hmm. of the season in terms of the one good thing about Dundee this season, even in the games that they've lost, they've still managed to sort of create a lot of chances. You mm -hmm. know, they, they've had shots at the goal last night. I think they hardly had an effort on target. There was the Owen Beck chance. In the Owen first Beck, half, Owen Beck went through in the first half. Great piece interplay, and he breaks, he breaks through. And unfortunately, we're looking at it from the other end. He right doesn't want to take in his right foot. That's... He, he goes, yeah. he, his run takes him on his right foot. Yeah. So he's running to his right foot, and you just know he's not going to put his laces through it, Tom. And he steps on the ball and slips a wee bit and then tries to turn it back in, but the chance is gone. He doesn't get on. But on the, the thing about that was the fact that he stepped back on his left foot, his chance was gone, but yeah. Michael Mellon's chance was there. Yeah. I think if I think if he's a month longer at the yeah. club, he's not going, dash, you should have passed him <laughs> there, mate. Yeah. I think yeah. he's screaming at him because he was in it. It opened up a great chance for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to say that the team's... Tony Dock, for one reason or another, hasn't been able to play a really settled side over all these games. And, and you have to change it. You have to, he's got a big squad. They've had a lot of games. He, I think he touched on that last night in his aftermatch stuff. You know, and they did look a wee bit leggy at times. But what you want, you want a bit of consistency in your lineup. And they're just not getting that at the moment, I don't think. And I don't think it's, it's helping them. Certainly, um, you, you look at the defence now, we've lost Lamy and Portales. So you've been out for a while and you've, you've had. Uh, uh, Dodgson's coming from from Burnley, and I think it's fair He's to say learning, that, I think. yeah, there's been a couple of errors in there. Bigley Ashcroft I mean, has done well at, at, to a point, but I don't think he's but a he natural. got injured last night. As yeah, well. I don't think he's a natural one. A three, to be fair, he yeah. goes off and nothing's up, doesn't he? And the, and the guy Ashley Ashley comes yeah, on. Yeah, he didn't have a great. Yeah, great so yeah, that that hasn't helped, and uh, I think Tony Dock as well up top. He, he was he was keen to get Curtis Main on. Curtis Main's looked a wee bit shorter. He's fit, as you can see, he's fit, but his, his mark sharpness maybe isn't, yeah. isn't there yet, which is understandable. But him and Mellon didn't really hit it off, and I really do feel they missed Amadou Baki Yoko yeah, last I night, who, so who's a real focal point in that team, Tom. He's not got lots of goals, he's got a few, but he's not got lots. But what he does is he brings 
other players into play. He brings McCowan into play. You know, he brings Lyle Cameron into play. He gets the wing men, uh, uh, Beck and Mavis Mulligan on the other side, or, or John McGee. Everybody, the, the, there's a great link up there. And it wasn't quite the same last night. But you've got to take your hat off to St. Man. I said earlier on in the season, when, when we're talking about Dundee's been on a, a decent run, and we're talking about top six, can, can they get into this top six? I felt at the time that there's better teams in there at this point in time. And I, I, I mentioned St. Martin and I mentioned Kilmarnock. And, and those two teams are more robust outfits than Dundee at this point in time. Even when they're not playing well, I think they've got players who can still do a job. And no, is Bonnie on the ball? No, that's no. That's only but half the game. Yeah, but the, the, St. Martin certainly deserved their win last night. I mean, you look down the road at Kilmarnock, they managed to grind out a win against... Uh, Livingston yeah. so you're looking at Dundee now top six I think Dundee should still just concentrate on being the best of the rest now that might still end up getting them in the top six Yeah. Um, it just depends I would suggest on how Hibs and, and Aberdeen get set out their stall over the next few weeks but uh, Dundee just have to concentrate and, and make sure that they don't undo all the good work that they're putting from the start of the season and get themselves dragged back into the, the mire a wee bit but they've got a real opportunity now with two games at Dens against teams who are below them in the table to go and put some points on the board and I mean, it has been a busy time. I mean, Tony Doherty highlighted there was six games in eighteen days, but they're losing a lot of late goals, hmm. and that's and I'll something that occurred to me. Because I like a start as long as it's simple. But before last night, their previous four games lost three in the two games against Hearts, only lost one, and the other the games against Aberdeen and Livingston, both penalties, which can happen. Mm -hmm. Those two games in the middle, when they only lost the penalties, they had a defensive midfielder on yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I didn't actually mention that in my sort of analysis there, that Mo Silla has been left out, which is quite surprising, I've got to say. He did look, um, he, at the end of the Aberdeen game, he looked like he was running on Yeah, fumes. yeah, you're right. I think, I think he, he, he was tired, but... He, you get a bit more solidity, I think, with Mo Salah in the team. You know, he's a man who can put an attack on and kill the game at, cert at certain points. But I think Tony Doherty, you know, I think he's a forward-thinking manager, he's an attacking manager. Yeah. He wants mm. he wants the ball move quickly. And I think uh, Malaki Boateng does that. He does, although his passes, I'd like to see him being a bit more forceful at going forward with the ball when he gets it. He, he does move the ball quickly side to side, which gets Dundee going, I've got to say. But... Yeah, there could be a case for uh, Silla coming back in against St Johnston on Sunday. Yeah, Alan, let's let's be honest. I mean, if Tony Doherty had a German accent, he'd be in line for the Liverpool job. But <laughs> it doesn't mean to say he's perfect. And <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who's not watching on YouTube, Alan looks perplexed. <laughs> it was slightly better than the Formula One analogy from the other <laughs> week. <laughs> but no, <laughs> my point is, and Tony Doherty mentioned after the game last night, You've got to remember we're the team just promoted. Well, the pragmatist in me said, particularly looking at last Saturday against Hearts, you've beaten them one... You're talking about the third force in Scottish football. You've beaten them once this season. You're 2-1 up with 20 minutes to go. Is that not the time to put on a defensive midfielder and say, even if even if we lose a goal, we've still taken a point? And that's, that's a decent return against Hearts. Yeah, I mean, I think... Part of the, you don't even want to call it disappointment as such, but part of the, you know, the the change of expectations has been to do with that excellent start that Dundee have had um, to the season. It's sort of, I wouldn't say shifted the goalposts entirely, but it's kind of made uh, supporters and, you know, maybe even coaching staff alike set their sights that a little bit higher. And it's to their credit that I think that largely this season Dundee have gone you know what, if the game's in the balance, let's go and try and win it rather than get a point. Maybe that's not the pragmatist view. Maybe that view will slightly change now that uh, they're on a, a disappointing run. But yeah, I don't think there's a, a great deal wrong with a bit of ambition. I think it comes from a place of... Certainly um, a great watch. How, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They've been a... Put it this way, and uh, th this is no disrespect to an exceptional manager in Derek McInnes, but I didn't expect Dundee to be this entertaining a football team managed by Derek McInnes' deputy. I thought it might be a little bit more 
functional and purely results orientated. And if it had been, for example, the way that that match at Dens Park against Hearts, for example, that you're saying that could have played out, it's probably how it would play out if it was a Derek McInnes yeah. team. But Tony Tony Docks proved that he's quite clearly his own man. He's um, uh, and he has uh, you know attacking aspirations. But I do wonder now that whether you do need to because previously people have gone on a little bit about this run of results Dundee have been on and I've I don't know, I've not been overly perturbed by it because see if you actually treat every game as an individual match at no point have Dundee looked outclassed or mm-hmm. or um, been been poor as such whereas last night is perhaps the first time that you look at those match stats you look at the flow of the game and you go do you know what that that didn't work. That that wasn't a good performance. And I do wonder whether now is maybe a time where they take a wee step back and, and go, you know, um, reevaluate. Do we need a little bit more solidity? Do we need to make sure we don't lose games before we set out to win them? Um, that's that's a decision for, for Tony and his coaching staff. But what I would say is I totally agree with what uh, Bear said there in terms of the fixtures. We need to remember that it's been a, a pretty... Um, uh, imposing fixture list that Dundee have had to navigate of late and it is worth remembering that this is the first time we've been able to really look at this uh, little you know fixtures to come section uh, that George prepares on these notes and say do you know what you fancy that you know you really mm-hmm. do and uh, that's a, a big thing not only, not only is it St Johnson and Ross County but you're then looking away to a hub side that are in all sorts of bother so it's um, for the first time in a while you do look at those fixtures and think do you know what maybe organically things will start to turn just due to the fact that uh, these are far more hmm. winnable games there's also no midweekers coming up um, mm. after constant game every three days um, I think next Next week, have, not having a midweek game, I think I'll uh, be welcomed at Dens Park, I have to say. Um, so I think they, they did bring this yeah. one forward to Sunday yeah. to continue the run at a game every yeah. three or four days. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I, I, know think, but I think George, uh, as, much as, as much as it yeah. uh, helps the players you know, get a bit of rest, and, uh, but also allows Tony Doherty to get the players yeah. on the training pitch and get working. There's a few guys have come in over the transfer window. And get his thoughts across, you know, the way he wants yeah. the team to play, he wants the team to function, you know, because they were a bit dysfunctional last night and, and sort of the things that were happening, you know, Mick, Mick, Michael Mellon's just in the door, Curtis Mayne's just in the door, you know, there's a few others in there. Let's get back to sort of doing the good stuff that we were doing earlier on in the season. And, you know, I don't see there's any reason why, why they, they can't do that. So getting on the training ground will, will help them, there's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. I, th- I think one of the big issues that they're, trying to cope with at the moment is the, is the defence they're missing two of their best defenders basically in Ricky Lamy and Antonio Portales um, and I, I don't think we should underestimate how, how big a loss those two are um, because that's I think that's where the issue has been lately because the first half of the season a lot of the points were built on clean sheets and there was quite a few clean sheets and it was quite impressive defensively but they've kind of lost that a wee bit in the mm-hmm. last few weeks Um Owen Dodgson's come in and I think there's been good bits and there's been bad bits where you could see he's a player who's learning and he's having to learn on the job. Um, and Lee Ashcroft, I think, has done quite well, but I didn't think he had a great game last night. And then, obviously, he picked up an injury, so there's a, there's a, that adds to the, the problem. And I think Joe Shaughnessy, he's played pretty much... I think he's played every single minute this season. And the last few games, he's looked a wee bit, wee bit leggy, I have to say. Um, he's, he's not been at his, his absolute best and he's, he's had a great season for Dundee um, but I, I think that's that, that's been an issue over the last few weeks that they're just creaking a wee bit at the back and that they could do with reinforcements uh, Aaron Donnelly's back uh, he was back on the, in, in the squad last last night so that's that's a help hopefully Ricky Lamy the last two games he's been touch and go so hopefully that's we'll see him back uh, sooner rather than later but I mean, as Alan hi- highlighted, it's a strange bad run because they're in sixth place. And there's maybe last night was the exception, but there's so much in every game that you could take positively. I mean, like the Hearts game, mm. they were up they were up twice, outplaying the mm. third team in the league for big parts of the game. Twice. They should have won at Aberdeen when they got a point. 
mean Livingston was a was it was a great result. It's it, it's a bit it's but maybe the the only thing that ties in to go on the negative side, the only thing that ties in the goals they've been losing is a lot of them are very late in the game. Uh, is that the kind of thing when he's got a week to work on, the manager can get through to the players? You know, that's a mental. That's a mental. Concentrate for ninety a mental minutes. Block that you can. You've seen. You see teams when they get into it. Some teams get 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 in a situation where they lose goals inside the first mm -hmm. ten minutes. Um, at least if you do that, you've always got a chance to recover from mm. that. But I think. Uh, losing late goals becomes a, a habit, and it's something. The only way you're going to get it out your <laughs> out your sort of nature is by playing games and not losing goals in the final time. And it, it boils down to the defence as well. But you, you spoke about uh, situations and, and you know making the right choice. And I think they do miss Lamy. I mean, I, I think mm. Ricky Lamy is it's just a seasoned pro in in the Premier League. I mean, what what I see from Ricky Lamy is a guy who, when he clears the ball, it goes sixty yards up the park. When he headers the ball, it doesn't go back into the danger area. And these are just they're simple things, but they make a big difference at important times in games, time. And I think Dundee have been, have been caught out making wrong decisions at, at, at bad times. And they've been, unfortunately, they've been punished for it, you know. So, yeah, you need to, you, you have to get that out there. They're sort of, you know, the, the way they're playing the games just now, because... All it does, it encourages other teams who are maybe behind in don't games. Don't stop, do they? Keep going, we'll get something, we'll get a chance in this game. Just keep keep plugging away, you know, um, rather than being in a situation where if you've got four or five back, clean sheets back to back and you're in front, the other team goes, oh no, we're going to have a real issue today trying to get anything from this game. I mean, the irony for me, George, is to me, Dundee just now, in the la if they're ahead or level in the last 20 minutes, to me the instruction is go back to basic, lads, because yeah. you've, you've got, you can get Zach Robinson on the pitch, you've got Michael Mellon, you've got mobile strikers mm -hmm. who don't need the perfect ball. Yeah. A ball up the channel, a ball in, uh, behind the defence, they can they can cause problems. So it's it's it, there's an obvious solution there. Yeah, and then they've also got the, the big guys like mentioned Bakioka and mm -hmm. Cubs main obviously if they can play the kind of classic target man uh, as well. They do have the options up front. Um Actually, last night there was a lot of kind of aimless long balls that just drifted over the top of everybody. I think that was they were the defence were struggling a bit with Simburn pressing them uh, high. Certainly early on, I think that's something they struggled to cope with. Um, but yeah, they've got the options up front. They've got a lot. They might have too many options up front. Just wondering last night because. It was a bit of a surprise not seeing Bakayoko in the team. I can understand it because they've had so many games. I think he just decided to change it up. Um, I think it was an opportunity for for him to play Curtis May and yeah. get him on the park. Mm -hmm. And Michael Mellon has such team a brilliant start. Michael yeah. Mellon has such a brilliant start against Livingston. Yeah. But I get the feeling Michael Mellon, he, he scored a lot of goals down south. I think Michael Mellon wants to play a wee bit closer to the box yeah. rather than, you know, a way out wide and, and maybe... 20, 30 yards outside the box. So Dundee need to find a way to get him into situations where he is going to be getting balls in and around the box, where he's either going to be playing, as we saw at Livingston, you know, nice wee one-twos and getting shots away on goal or getting chances in the box where he's, he's proven, mm. proven he'll sniff out a chance and, and he'll take it if he gets it. But the, the two games against Hearts, not much came off for him. But last night, he never really had an opportunity that I saw. But they've got to do better. I think Maine yeah. and Mellon uh, have to do better. Robinson came on. He's got to do better as well. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of times he allowed the centre half to step in front of him and take the ball. That's that's just not good enough. And he's not going to keep himself in the team mm. by doing that. He needs to work harder on his on his you know keeping the ball and, and getting Dundee up the park because that's that's when Dundee come into their own. And when you get other players, you know, if, 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 if there's too much of a gap between your sort of midfield and your strikers, the strikers must hold on the ball for as long as possible, and then you can play sort yeah. of the wee one twos and then getting behind. But it just never, it never happened last night. It was a poor performance. Yeah. And uh, there's also uh, sometimes you can hear what they're saying on the, the in the dugout, which yeah. is quite good because at uh, the press box it's run, and I could hear in the first half Tony Dockade uh, absolutely furious how easy it was for Simon to get out. Yeah, uh, just playing, just passing the ball out, and the two strikers not doing nearly enough to disrupt Simon starting off their moves. So the, there's more than just on the ball; that there's off the ball that I think he needs to work on. And as you said, that that might help next week having a bit of time to get into his strikers and get them doing the things he really wants them to do. Yeah, I mean that's a hard part of the game as well, especially the the if you decide to press high. Mm. 
-hmm. Everybody needs to know exactly what their role is and yeah. when to go and when not to go. It's not it's not just a, somebody on the sideline sounds a bugle and everybody charges <laughs> yeah. forward. You've got to uh, it's got to be done with a bit of discipline and it does take a bit of working out and training, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, but they've got the players to do that. I thought, yeah. I thought they, we saw that against Hearts. Yeah. Hearts are the third best team in the league and by a country mile. And Dundee gave them a right good game on Saturday and, and you know, they really should have taken something from the game. But what, what, what the, the, the positives they can take from that game is they created good chances against Hearts. They got down the line, you know. The, there was good interplay. Fantastic goal. They'll come and go. Yeah, it was a brilliant goal. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant goal. You know, so but they need to they need to take on and they need to they need to realise when when you can't do that in games. This is the difference between the likes of Dundee and St Mirren and Kilmarnock. When you're not getting it all your own way, how do you then stop the opposition? You've mm. got to make life as tough as possible. Because I'll tell you what, I don't think that St Mirren keeper is safe to make yeah. last night. Yeah, can't. you know, and that's down to really good defending mm -hmm. and and hard work from St Mirren when they when they cleared the ball, they cleared the ball. You know, but they work hard in all their areas. And typical Stephen Robinson, I'm a big admirer of, you know, he's done it in the past in the Premier League. He builds teams that are strong, robust, but can also play football as well. And, you know, it's it's, it's a good time to be a St. Murn fan, I would suggest, mm -hmm. because they are a strong, strong mm -hmm. side. And they've got, a real, they've got a real chance of getting themselves into sort of, you know, certainly fourth spot. I don't see anybody catching hearts, but, you know, they've got fair claims to, to taking that fourth spot of the season. Aye, right. and it's I mean it's a hard one for Tony Docherty. I mean I, I'm I, like I say I'm all for the, the the pragmatic approach, but how do you tell a Lyle Cameron, uh, uh, a Boateng, and God Luke McCowan? McCowan. I've, I've <laughs> managed to forget Luke McCowan's name. I've got a picture of him on my bedroom wall. <laughs> um, how do you tell uh, relatively young players like them who are all capable of unlocking defences with their play? Sometimes you just need to go for the uh, percentage ball up the park, son. It, 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 it is difficult, isn't it? Well, I'm sure Tony Docker has got his own way, so I was telling him. Well, we fans sort of go down to that on here, but um, yeah, he'll make sure that, you know, you, there's, a, there's a balance to be struck. There's a mm -hmm. balance to be struck, and it depends what, where you are in the game and, you know, what you're trying to do. You're trying to get an equaliser, or you're trying to get your nose in front, or you're trying to protect the lead. By the end of the day, you've still got to play football and Dundee are, are a good football. And so yeah. you, you, you spoke about McKeown. I thought McKeown, McKeown is, has shown great matureness as he's come on leaps and bounds in terms mm. of the, the way he keeps the ball. You sometimes think he's going to be a loser, but he manages to get mm -hmm. himself back in front and win free kicks. But we need more of that from, from other midfielders in there as well. You know, it's maybe maybe sort of Lyle Cameron and, you know, even, even Boateng at times sort of, you know, isn't, isn't tough enough in there. And Dundee need to... Dundee need, that needs to register, or they'll, they'll not be in the team. He's got a big squad, uh, Tony Dock, so he, he will change it. Um. Must be, I think Boateng's, for me this season, where McCowan has been in previous seasons, where you see the player that's there, mm -hmm. but you want to see a lot more of it. And that's something that McCowan has stepped up over the last 18 months yeah, and or so what, and become that. What we would say man. is, when you spoke about McCowan, you knew there was there was yeah. more. There was more in there, and I feel the same with Malaki Bota. No, I, I think there's definitely. a lot more he could, that's in there. Yeah. He just has to be brave enough and, and confident enough, mm -hmm. I think, as well at times, to go and do it. We could, see, do we it. could yeah. see that last night. I thought yeah. he started really, really yeah. well, and I thought, well, he's... This is a proper both thing yeah. performance, and then there was a wee pass went out the the pitch, and then they, he missed the next pass, and yeah. that tackle missed, and yeah, Conf confidence. Yeah, he's a, a yeah. he's a boy who I always look at look at the boy that McCowan has become. Yeah, that when I see him do stuff, I think, why aren't you screaming for the ball all mm -hmm. the time, son? And now McCowan has now become a player who is demanding yeah. the ball. Yeah. He is, he's he's at other players in his yeah. team saying give me the ball and that's yeah. that's the way it should be when you've got that level of ability and that's one of the reasons he's on loan uh, to Dundee but you, yeah, I think he's he's a kid that has a big future if if he realises he he's a kid that has a big future yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you need to you know it takes a bit of time you know to, to, to realise you're a, you're, a, you're a good player but you, you, you can't play safe passes all the time You've got to, I've done, Dundee want to be successful. He's got to, you know, instead of playing a square pass, if there's 10 yards to go, yeah. go into it. And I don't, I, yeah, he's had a couple of shots at the goal, which if, <laughs> I don't think he's hit the goal yet. He, he, we saw a guy, we'll go way back to the Benetti's, Jordi Nemzadzi, who I think he scored one goal or two goals in his, his time at Danes. 
that could still... George, be, George he was a huge dismissal <coughs> of statistics because yeah. he used to say his job was to play the difficult yeah. pass. Yeah, he would. And, then, and, and more often and as long would, yeah. as it's in the right area. I mean, that, that, that's what... I go back to what I said. It's difficult to tell these lads because you want... When it's nil-nil, when you're pushing for a goal, statistically, you want the, the McCowans, the Boatengs and the Camerons to be the one that lose the ball more often than your defenders because... Yeah. They're playing difficult passes in the final yeah. third of the pitch. Now, what Georgie Mzazi would see very early is that if you know if, if, if Dundee took possession in their own half and he got the ball, he was prepared to do go forward ten yards and then play an early pass. Mm -hmm. But keep the keep the move going. You know, don't don't allow the opposition then to get. You know, if you, if you play square passes, all you do is you allow the opposition to get back behind the ball. And teams like St Mirren have got to say and Tom <coughs> like when they've got men behind yeah, the mate. ball, it's very difficult breaking them down. Yes, and that sneeze from George signifying the end of the Dundee section today. Thanks, George. That was a different good, way. Uh, yeah, well, I'm struggling now, so <laughs> good times, yeah. Right, Alan, we've rested your voice. Now it's time to get into the action. 2-1 at air. It's not, the, it's not the one that the fans will remember as a highlight of the season, but that's the kind of win that wins your championships, isn't it? Yeah, I can't believe that I'm in the lurky house and George is the one that just ended the part with a series. <laughs> That's remarkable. We are, don't, um, we'll all be calling an ambulance by the end in here. I've been hovering them. I've been hovering over the mute button, covering all my coughs. I didn't know we were allowed to free rein. Um, no, listen, uh, the air match uh, was uh, not a classic by any means, but what it did more than anything at all is underline the depth that this new uh, fully fit, um, slightly enhanced by the January uh, slash beginning of February business squad now has at its disposal. Um, they were huffing and puffing; things weren't quite coming off. Uh, United had a lot of the ball, but it just wasn't it wasn't happening at one nil. And Air even had a couple of decent breakaways and could have made it two nil. But Tony Watt and Kai Fotheringham came on, and particularly the former um, absolutely changed the game. Totally changed the game. Um, Tony, really nice little uh, goal for the the leveller chops inside, left footed finish in at the keeper's near post, and then really really nice little um, chip to the back stick for Ross Doherty, who, you know, his fitness issues. We don't want to keep going on about them. He's back from them, and and, and hopefully that'll be that. But you know, great going eighty three minutes in to be making that run from defensive midfield into the back post of the box. Um, and, he, and he finishes in at the near post. Uh, the keeper, Albertson, probably be a wee bit disappointed with his efforts on both goals, but nevertheless, um, big, big moments for, for Dundee United and uh, especially effective from um, from Tony Watt. But see, when you've got... I mean, if you're the opposition, you know, you're, you're keeping Dundee United at bay and you look over and they're bringing on in Fotheringham and Watt a combined... I think it was 21 goals this season. That's a level of depth that no other team has in this division. And if United can keep everyone fit, then that should be what sees them over the line. Because as we've said numerous times in this uh, podcast, it's not just about the 11 that starts the game. Games change, games flow. Uh, you need different things at different points. And if you've got the ability to bring on people of the calibre of Tory Watt or if... Tony starting and Louis Moults on the bench. You're bringing on Louis Moult. It's mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a, a different class of player than um, most teams have. I think the only the only real comp comparison would be purely in the final third. Uh, Wraith Rovers at times have had you know guys like Dylan Easton on the bench and, and things like that. So you know they've got a wee bit of attacking depth as well. But I think United squad looks in a really good place. And and while we can talk about things like character and 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 guts and determination. Uh, which you know you needed in a, a windy horrible day at Somerset Park this was more about the actual quality the quality that they could bring off the bench and change that football match in their favour and just a huge three points now four points clear and it puts them in a position yeah. where they're going to start Park on the 16th knowing that should they win um, they'll go seven clear and with the goal difference that's effectively eight points clear and they know that in no circumstances can anything happen on that Friday night that will result in them not being top of the league at the end mm -hmm. of the evening. And that's a, a really nice place to be. All the pressure's on Rovers now. Yeah. Bear, 
Alan highlighted Tony Watt there. He's an awful laddie for doing interviews and highlighting criticism of him and then agreeing <laughs> with it. But hopefully when he sits down to negotiate a new contract at various clubs he's been at, he says, by the way, look at the goals I score. He, he, he doesn't seem to score a lot of fourth and fifth goals. He scores big goals that win his team's points, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, it should come as no surprise. Uh, you know, he does that given where he's been throughout his career and he's always managed to come up with goals here and there. I don't think he's been prolific other than that spell, Alan, that he had at Motherwell, um, you know, which, which enticed on United to, to bring him to Tannadice. But Alan's right, the, the quality that you have on that bench makes a huge difference. And when you get that sort of quality coming on and making an impact, you know, that's that's, that's music to, to Jim, Jim Goodwin's ears. I've got to say... I mean, I, I watched Albinson last season for Air United and I thought he was one of the better keepers he's a good goalie, in, yeah. in the league. And I, I, I saw the first goal, I wouldn't be too critical for that one, but the second one seems to take him completely by surprise. I think, I wasn't expecting, I just saw that, the highlights, but Docker, he does, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone was expecting him to hook it back over the shoulder. Certainly caught the keeper out, there's no doubt about that <laughs> because I beat him as near post. But what a, what a three points for Dundee United, yeah. Sam. And you know what? It puts them back in control of this league now. You know, as Alan says, they've got the massive game coming up a week, a week on. Is it a week on Friday? Is it a Friday night game? Yep. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see it on the box, which is which is great. Obviously, there'll be thousands of Dundee United fans down there, but the pressure is all on Wraith Rovers and all on a Wraith Rovers side who are really, really struggling to put anything together at, at this point in time. Um, but I would, uh, I would urge caution. You know, we've seen that in the past how quickly things can change, but. Yeah, but we're waiting to see. When it's a two-horse race, you're waiting to see who makes the first move. And I'm, I'm delighted to see Dundee United are, are doing that at this point in time, Tom. And what a great uh, move it was by Jim Goodwin to get his team out of the two cups. <laughs> well, <laughs> sure nice and early, well before Christmas. Because it's, sure it's, it's, it's actually, in all seriousness, yeah. it's almost history of the season repeating itself. That I'm sure Wraith would have been delighted uh, with an appearance in the Challenge Cup final, but while United are stretching their lead at the top last weekend, Wraith suffer a bit of a shock defeat. Yeah. And in all honesty, if you if you go out of the Challenge yeah. Cup any time before the final, it's a waste of time. Ah, yeah. That's the way the fans sort of feel about it. And particularly the history Wraith Rovers have with it in the past few years. I think they went three years without getting beaten that. But mm -hmm. that um, normally you wouldn't care that much as you say, about getting knocked out of the Challenge Cup. But when it comes on the back of so many defeats and on the bounce, it just adds to that. And then your promotion go rivals go and win the next exactly. day. Which, and I mean, you you said United can put themselves in control at Wraith next time out next week. Alan, it's, it's one of the... I, I always feel at this time of the season in particular, when the top two meet, it's always tougher for the one that has to win. Well, absolutely, and it's not just the logistics of having to go out and win the football match, but uh, the the pressure that's uh, on that. Now, don't get me wrong, the pressure's always on yeah. United to an extent, so I'm not suggesting that Wraith Rovers are somehow uh, going to be the team that has to deal with all of that, but just from a purely mathematical sense, uh, the onus is absolutely on Rovers to go out and win that football match, because for all United haven't been sparkling, they've not shown that many signs of dropping uh, sufficient points for Wraith to overhaul them unless Wraith are the team that take those points off them. So uh, Rovers know what they'll need to do and that's going to require them to have to come out and play, to come out and try and cut Dundee United open and Dundee United have been at their best this season when teams have um, left those spaces behind, have attacked them, United have defended well and then sprung and... Um, you know, gone at the opposition. United have struggled when teams have sat in and been defensively strong. And that actually counts for even when Wraith Rovers came to Tannadice. For all Wraith Rovers get plaudits for their attacking football, they were superb defensively at Tannadice and uh, pinched a, a really creditable 1-0 through a, you know, a wonderful moment from Dylan Easton. So I think that it's not just that points margin that is a, a positive for United just at the moment. I'd be looking at the, the way that that'll probably make the game have to pan out at Starks Park and think that that could um, 
fit in Dundee United's favour. I know fans, United fans, in the Championship will always want their team to go out and dictate every you know part of the game and attack and dominate. But I think just this once, I think Jim Goodwin would be you know quite happy to say, do you know what, you guys are the team that have to win this game. Come, see if you can break down the best team in the Championship by a country, uh, the best defence in the Championship, pardon me, by a country mile. And, you know... If you can't, we're going to be there to pick off the gaps because they're, they're more than capable of doing that with the pace they've got uh, in attack. Aye, bear, I mean, it's arguably next week at Starts Park going to be the first time this season United have been in a game where they can play a classic away game, if you <laughs> like, and go yeah. and keep it tight for the first 10, 20 minutes, ease yourself in, try to try to take control of the game but if, if it's not working make sure you don't lose yeah. and it is a bit it's, it's a big thing isn't it that you can approach a game that yeah. way uh, it'll be interesting to see how Jim Goodwin actually does that I Alan, might spring know, a surprise uh, Alan says you know maybe maybe deep down yeah I mean I mean, a, a point isn't a bad result but they could really a victory would make life incredibly tough for for Wraith Rovers to claw that gap back especially with the goal difference and you know and United certainly don't look like Losing, dropping that many points, you know who's going to take points yeah. off them. So it'll be interesting to see how how he goes about it. But that, that it's it's all in United's favour. Everything points to to Dungeon United at, at this point in time, you know. And the way they're playing, as Alan said, we've given you know we've given a lot of praise to their, their defence and, and mainly the central defenders. You know, Gallagher and Holt and Ross Graham's come in obviously and and, and done a reasonable job. I think. I'm watching again. I think the fullbacks deserve a lot of praise as well. McMahon and, and Grimshaw, especially. Every time I see Grimshaw's first thought when he gets the ball is to go forward with it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he makes up he makes up a lot of ground. You know, getting up the park and and getting United into attacking areas. He doesn't sit back and look to play soft balls or just long balls. If he sees yards, he sees space, he goes for it. And I, I think that's a credit to him and a credit to the way Jim Goodwin sets up the team as well that he allows him to go and do that. But that certainly helps United you know, in an attacking sense. And they're both, I think they're both really solid full-backs at, you know, at championship level. You know, I think they're playing well at a level that's very comfortable to the, to the, to the two of them. Um, they've got a toughness about them as well. And, I, you know, I, I think they've been overlooked, Alan, I think, you know, in terms of United's mm-hmm. defensive. We've talked about the goalkeepers and the centre-backs and maybe not enough about the, the two full-backs. Well, to build on what Bear's saying there, uh, uh, Scott McMahon was my man of the match yeah. until Ross Dockery's last match, uh, last minute, kind of, well, 83rd minute, I should say, intervention, which, which kind of deservedly gave him that, that crown. But Scott McMahon was absolutely sensational at Somerset Park. He covered every blade of grass up and down that left flank, was superb um, in his challenges and sought to get forward. Kind of, He makes these really good sort of marauding outside to in runs which then creates space for Glenn Middleton in front of him and him and Glenn Middleton have created such a, a an understanding on that left side that even defensively very few teams get much joy down that side and there was a moment and you know anyone listening to this can feel free to go to Dundee United's um, Twitter because their, their videographer's done a, a wonderful job capturing this and, and then they tweeted it out but Scott McMahon's block on a on a Ben Dempsey shot, which for all the world looked like it was going in, bursting through the middle, you know, 18 yards out, bang centre, and he's produced an unbelievable block, like proper last-ditch, throw-your-body-in-front-of-it stuff, and it was just typical of not only his performance that day, but just what Dundee United are doing right this season in terms of their defence. It's... You know, keeping that ball out the net, the net, sorry, has become such a source of personal pride for everyone in that back four, whoever's in it. And um, Scott McMahon bears absolutely right, uh, and along with Liam, um, although he'd, uh, he didn't have the the best start to proceedings that year, giving away the free kick for the goal, um, it, they're they're a, a huge part of that. They deserve all the plaudits in the world. And, I mean, I'm not going to make any rash predictions uh, <laughs> this week. I'll- with my level of consistency, obviously it'll make lots next week because it'll still be before that game. But you're you're almost I mean anyone else in that league that thinks they could catch United, if United go do one at Starks Park, because United don't lose games and they don't lose <coughs> goals, with what is it, fourteen games or thirteen games after that one to go, you're thinking somebody to catch them has to win every game. 
And uh, the, yeah. the pressure becomes a weekly thing because yeah. you cannot expect this Dundee United team mm. to lose many games between now and the season. The, 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 the one issue they've had uh, has been draws at home. Mm. And that's actually kept the league alive. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any team winning every game. I mean, the only team you can see maybe doing that at this point in time is Greenock Morton, who seem to be having yes. a, a hell of a run under Dougie Emery, um, which is no surprise because it, I've always felt they were, they were sort of in a false position earlier on in the season. But even then, they're still not... They're, they're a mile off it uh, uh, where Dundee United are. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's set up. It's set up for Dundee United next, next Friday night. And, you know... I think, I'll, can we say, Tom, you said they were going to win the league in October. I would go as far as to say a win next Friday, Friday night and we're talking Premier League football next season. Honestly. And you just goaded me. I was <laughs> you know that I will be stupid twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go, if you United don't lose next week, though. Oh, nah, no. I won't go that far. But no, I, I still think. And it, it, it's a funny thing. I'll go back to uh, what I opened with, Alan. <laughs> it's boring and it's cliched. But it's not... When I see a team starting a season winning 5 and 6 nil, I still always think, well, let, let me see you. Do you win when you don't play well? Do you win when it's a, things are going against you? And I think that's a huge win last week because they're going into the last 25 minutes of that game behind, away from home, a new manager's first game at home. Everything's, everything's a challenge about that. And... They come out on top, and that's the kind of team that wins leagues. They were also coming off the back of a, a fairly disappointing result um, at home to Dunfermline, which for which they got a, a fair bit of criticism. Yeah. So, and that was a, a sort of blunt game in which they drew a blank. And as you say, with twenty five minutes left to play, they were heading for another dull game in which they were drawing a blank, for which they would have received just as much if not uh, quite a lot more criticism so yeah there was a, an element of pressure there and they they stood up to that and it's i, I mean it would be i was going to say you know it feels like everything's turned quite positive this week but it would be kind of silly to suggest it's been much other than positive this season there's not really been many dire spells however it's just not been particularly Thrilling for the last... But that's of, the championship, uh, isn't it? That's what no, I keep I, I arguing about my prediction I, about them. You can win the league in October, but what yeah. I never expect... What surprised me most this season are the big wins, because I don't see big wins in championship games. Yeah, but no, the, the, the point I was making was just that this week has stepped up into a kind of level of out-and-out positivity with, you know, you've got Sam McClellan coming in, another decent signing with Premiership pedigree on the back of... A win that puts you four clear, and we obviously said the the use this week of of getting five hundred thousand pounds for Aziz Behic as part of his um, yeah. move to Al Nasser on on loan, which again is another um, huge boost um, in terms of just plugging gaps and, and mitigating some of the challenges that the championship football has brought financially this season. So the headlines about their financial travails. Somebody somebody there does some good work with contracts. As he's back, who's he there a season? And they've got 500 mm -hmm. grand for him. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a funny one this year because, listen, I, I get it. There's, in terms of new faces on the board and among the directors, there aren't that many other than the, the finance director. It's, it's, mainly been, uh, it's mainly a lot of the same people who a lot of fans will hold at least partly responsible for the failings of last season that are still there. So there will be a lot of fans that do still have a, a level of anger or distrust towards the, the people that are there. But with this new structure, I think it's I think it's fairly obvious that Luigi Capuano as, as CEO now kind of empowered to effectively run the show on the ground isn't running that football club the same way as it was run last year. It was um you know, last year was was wasteful, it was ill thought out, it was ultimately disastrous. Whereas this season has been if if nothing else eminently sensible it has been a, 
uh, a cost-cutting exercise while trying to balance that with being competitive on the pitch. And along the way, can you get high earners off the wage bill and make a bit of money from them? Um, can you, you know, be clever with your clauses, things like that? And aside from being unable to shift Mark Berrigate out of the biz, out of the building, United have done some good business. And I think if you're going to take this current regime, if you want to call it that, on face value as you know this being their first season, I think you have to say it's been a reasonably successful one. The team on the pitch looks more than capable of getting out of the division, despite the fact they've cut two point five million pounds off that wage bill. And they've done some smart business. Would I wouldn't have thought to put a fifty percent sell on fee and a thirty-two year old who was returning home uh, to seemingly see out his career, put that in his contract, mm-hmm. and it's um, and it's proved an absolutely inspired piece of business. So just as we are, you know, on the show, we, you know, we've been fairly uh, robust in our criticism of, of decisions that have been made in the past and the, the financial mismanagement that led to those dismal accounts uh, for the year ending. Uh, June 2023, I think it's only fair that you go the other way and say that um, to make half a million pounds on a, on a sale that basically you were kind of, your back was against the wall. You needed yeah. it as his bitch to go and and to have come out of that with with a big win as such, um, I think is a... They also got World uh, Cup money for him as well. credit to the dealmakers. Uh, they got about 180 grand from him and Dylan Lever. <laughs> That's an unbelievable thing. <laughs> And the months leading to this World Cup, he's, everybody will be signing players. He's been a fantastic aye, signing, as his message. And he entertained as well. Yeah, he was, he was a very good player, yeah. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, but the thing I, United have done very well, Bear, is that, that very few clubs manage to make the cuts that United have made and keep it away from the dressing room in terms of atmosphere. yeah. Uh, and, and maybe maybe that helps, but it was a big turnaround in the squad. Yeah. But players players are going, oh, well, we're getting steak and chips last year. We're getting toasties this year. Yeah. You know, plastic cups instead of china cups. That kind. Players notice things, but United have. Uh, there's no there's no hint of oh, we're a club. You know, we're a bit of short of money. These the, the players are totally focused. Yeah, I think and credit to the the, the staff are for doing that and obviously there, there has been cuts and uh, but the players at the end of the day I mean as long as they're getting I mean their wage it seems a happy place to, to go about their business you know that in general this season you know things are going are going well they look well on course now to make a you know a return to the, the top flight at the first time of asking um, they, they deserve credit in the, in, the, in the background for whoever you know if it's Luigi Capuano who's, who's inserted that 50% selling clause what a bit of business that is I've got to say yeah. you know, what a bit of business that is but what I would say to temper that is that uh, you know we, we saw the loss that United made you know in the accounts just recently I would imagine even with taking in that 500,000 Alan they're still going to be making a, a substantial loss this season in the championship yeah. you know and even though they've cut their cloth so before United fans start thinking everything's rosy in the garden, ah, you know, don't expect a five hundred thousand pound signing. No, it's it's, yes. it's it's very nice, you know, very nice sort of check coming their way. But let's just go on with the business at hand and you know and, and focus on getting ourselves back into where they can make a bit of money, which is is the Premiership. And Alan, you mentioned uh, their loan signing. I mean. Craig Levine, his heart's still part tangerine. It might have done United a right good turn. And Sam McClellan's misfortune in the first half of the season uh, after joining St Johnson might prove a benefit to United because he'll, he'll maybe take a wee bit of time to get up to full match fitness. But there's a player there. Yeah. Well, I certainly wouldn't claim to be a, an expert or have vast knowledge on, on Sam McClellan, but. Obviously, we've got our colleague in the building who, who covers St Johnston, Eric Nicholson, um, has seen basically kind of every ball he's, he's kicked in Scottish football and he uh, seems to think United have got a very, very decent player, a very capable centre-half. He's got a, a good pedigree uh, down at Chelsea, a good, good apprenticeship at that level and perhaps more excitingly because I've seen plenty of, with the best ball in the world, bad players come from brilliant academies Um or certainly players that aren't quite ready for senior football come from excellent academies. Uh, it's you know he's done a good stint in League Two with Barrow, played all basically a full season men's football in English League Two. So clearly isn't 
um, perturbed by a senior dressing room and uh, physicality of, of that level. So he's apparently a big boy, likes a scrap, proper defender, not too sharp along uh, across the ground. So uh, I do, uh, I know the the intention was to get somebody who could potentially cover comfortably at right back as well so I do wonder if he's got that in his locker he certainly doesn't sound like he's the paciest so um, you know remains to be seen on that count but given the market in which United were fishing um, which is you know free agents and uh, loan deals from the the premiership once the window had shut um, all signs are that, that that's a really positive one and the good thing you're getting as well is you're getting a young player who, as well as Ifn I've just listed, you know, he's a full international with his yeah. country, Northern Ireland, and he is going to be so fired up to make a real impact. You know, he's lost several months of his season having started the, the campaign in St. Johnston's first team, and he'll see a chance to play a bit of football, hopefully stake his claim, and um, it's given Jim Goodwin quite an interesting headache because, um, you know... <laughs> He doesn't strike me as a a purely sort of, well, he's coming in as an emergency fourth choice centre-back signing. He strikes me as somebody who will come in and um, potentially compete for a, a starting berth. So um, what that would mean for, you know, say ahead of this Wraith Rovers game, what that means for Ross Graham, who's playing very well, but obviously isn't naturally right-sided, um, will, be, will be fascinating because... Um, I would really feel for Ross if he was to drop out the team um, after his recent performances. But uh, what it does do, and it touches on one of the very first things we said in this section, is uh, underlines the depth. You have to be absolutely yeah. on it to get a jersey in this team. Aye, and you know Craig Levine's not going to let him... He wants the boy to get games. He's mm. not going to tell Jim Goodwin he's got to be in the team, but he would want to know that he's got a chance of playing. No, and, and Craig Levine, to be fair, Craig, one thing they've done is his homework on Dundee United, and you'll see that there, there will be opportunities for McClellan to get himself into that team. And, and Alan's right, you're getting a hungry player, which I always think you need, you want somebody, sometimes loan signings, uh, certainly with players who've gone multiple loans, you, you can get someone who's just, you know, the, the club just wants them out the door, effectively. I don't think that's the case, that, you know. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure what the contract situation is up at St Johnston. Alan, if he's got another year on his contract, he's, he's got he's he's got another year, and yeah. they like him. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So they'll be. Well, this is part of a program for the boy to be ready for St Johnston yeah. at the start of next season. Yeah, I remember Craig Levine when he arrived at United, sent Lee Wilkie up to Ross County right uh, away, and it, and it was on the basis they needed a central yeah. defender. Uh, Craig Levine actually, I think, knew that Lee Wilkie wasn't quite ready in terms of games after his lengthy knee injury. But he knew he had a real chance of getting the games. And yeah. in a month, Wilkie came back and ended up United captain. Yeah, well, that, like you say, Craig will have done his homework at Tannis. He sees that there could well be an opportunity for him to get in there. And a hungry player, all, it's all good for Jim Goodwin. As to the competition, it means guys like Ross Graham... You know, you have to up your game. Not just him. You know, you know everyone. You know when you see guys like Louis Moult and Tony Watt can't get in the starting yeah. lineup at Tannadice. You know the manager's not just going to put you in because you're a name. You're in there on your merit. If you go in and do well, you'll keep the jersey and, and for McLaren, real opportunity to go and play in a, a big role, a big time in the season. And uh, you know it's a win-win for both him. Well, him, Dungeon United, and St Johnston. If, if, if they get a player back who's fit and you know ready to go again for the start next season. And that is what we, Alan Baer mentioned, uh, Louis Moult and Tony, Tony Watt, they're not guaranteed their starting places. And as I go back to it, I, I, I beat this drum often, but uh, it's the kind of thing opposing managers grumble about when they see the team sheet. He say, how can he be on the bench? He'd be in my team every week, even if he was injured. You know what I mean? It's, it's the kind of thing that managers do like to have a moan about. Yeah, and... Uh, it underlines why Dundee United are favourites for this division for all that we, um, and we rightly point out that it's not an easy division and it will be a grind and there will be drop points and some uh, pretty turgid affairs along the way. None of that is ever, ever to mitigate that um, Dundee United are the favourites and the rightful favourites yeah. for this division and they should win promotion. And if they don't, then it has been a failure of the campaign. So, and that is because of the quality they still have. For all, you know, as I say, a huge praise for 
the club, um, you know, cutting that wage bill by 2.5 million is great stuff. But some, you know, back of the cigarette paper maths from a 6.9 million pound wage bill last season, that brings it down to what, about 4.4? So it's still still a club with a 4.4 million wage bill in this championship. So they should be winning this league. They have quality throughout the squad and they've now um, put themselves in a position through a a very, very solid uh, first five or so months of the campaign that um, they they now can be considered in the the home straight, I think. I'm just sorry this game isn't tomorrow. Me too, I've got nothing to put in the paper. (laughs) (laughs) You'll just make something up, son. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, 